Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. I hope you enjoyed my iced coffee shake. I was really proud of how clinky it sounded, but... We are the hosts of 51 First Dates. You are here listening to us. Thank you for doing that and being such a gem. If you are new to this podcast, welcome to what a recent review of this podcast called A Dating Rumspringa Project. (laughs) Um, Once upon a time, I went on a whole bunch of dates and since then we've had different daters take part in our dating project. We used to call it an experiment, but that just feels all sorts of weird, especially post-Love is Blind. Uh, Liza was my unbelievable support system and the witty, eloquent part of this podcast, but we're just really excited to have you all here if you're new and if you're returning. Man, are you sick of that spiel? It is always clunky. I mean, I feel like calling me witty and eloquent is such an incorrect... like actually look at that it's funny because okay so today we're gonna kimmy and i are gonna chat for a little bit we're gonna play a little game uh we're gonna do some consumption corner we're gonna do a few other things and then we have a really cool interview with a listener who's been quarantining who is just an all-around cool chick and who um has been on some facetime dates and we're gonna talk about those uh and I feel like I was kept Kimmy and I were texting about this yesterday. I feel such quarantine brain right now. Like I can't put my thoughts together. I can't put my words together. I feel like nothing I say or think makes sense. I had another night full of quarantine nightmares. Full blown wake up at two, wake up at six, wake up at seven, get up at 730. Um, but again, I won't I won't bore you. I bored you and I won't keep doing it. I feel very no, excited. All of our brains are whack. Truly. I think that like, and everyone I'm talking to, I feel like feels insane. We're all getting cabin fever and going a little crazy, which doesn't matter. Stay inside. No matter, no matter what. <laughs> but, I know. That's true. Now more than ever, friends, because we, you may be in states with different, just, this will be my negative Nancy comment and then I will move on. But you know, now more people have died. Than have died than died in the Vietnam War. More Americans. I'm sorry. Wow, Kimmy, you're really up and up this morning. But just important to stay inside and think about your fellow humans, not just you and your fun. And I know we probably don't need to tell you gems, but maybe you can tell your friends who are out there making out in the streets. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> correct. If you're gonna make out in the streets. Do it with your person you're quarantining with. Yeah. Already. <laughs> And with a mask. And don't do it in the streets. Do it in your house. Uh, Anyway, uh, speaking of quarantine consumption corner, what's happening? What are we watching? What are we reading? 
you know, we we received a couple notes from listeners who were like, I really don't feel like dating at all in this period. So I really like when you guys are consumption cornering and doing other things. So we're trying to split the difference today. And I think consumption corner is, you know, kind of the highlight of that. Wow. But I'm just meandering. Okay. I have, I have a good one. I have a good one to start on. So I actually already recommended this to Liza. It is a podcast by Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus. They are watching Star Wars for the first time, and I'm not even a Star Wars fan, um, but they are so delightful and hilarious. So each episode, they watch from kind of chronologically. So they start with episode four. (laughs) Look, I know the episode numbers now. Uh, The old ones, the old ones with the hot Harrison Ford. And they're just so funny. I don't even want to kind of like spoil the moments that make me crack up out loud. It's I now go on walks and just listen to them talk through Star Wars. And every episode they have on a guest who is like can give them some context on why it was meaningful to them. And it's just it's a true delight because they start being like, what the fuck is this shit? And then kind of start to understand. So I have not started listening to it yet, but I'm glad you reminded me because I'm going to do it today. I It's like beautiful out here today and I'm going to take a walk again. I'm in the woods, so I won't interact with anyone and I'll have my <laughs> mask on. But I'm going to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, take a walk and listen. Ooh, do you hear that? <clears throat> Allergies, I promise. Um, so <laughs> again, like it matters. <laughs> I'm We're on, on different coasts. I'm in California, uh, but it's okay. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. But um. That's a really, really good one. I also think that Lauren Lapkus is, I mean, Nicole Byer is great, but I think she's like a sung heroine. And I think Lauren Lapkus is like a slightly unsung heroine and it's really, really funny. They're both obviously hugely funny. Yes. Um, Cool. That's a, that's a good one. I feel like mine are getting boring because I just can't stop watching Survivor and it's what I keep talking about. It's so good. It is everything. It is human interaction. It is like a giant board game but played with people who are like thinking feeling people and it's just such a good show if you like human behavior at all it's like the perfect show to watch it's a lot about like who can tell who's good at um lying who's good at telling if people are lying like building trust with people but do you really trust them like reading people's micro expressions trying to get a feel of everyone it's so like it feels uh like a giant social experiment which obviously we like experiments um (laughs) however i've also been watching killing eve which i know everyone loves but like it's so good i had stopped i had watched season one and loved it and then just kind of forgotten about it because there's so many shows now i feel like i'm constantly forgetting to watch shows that i really like so i'm finishing i'm almost the end of season two and then i'm gonna start season three and like it's just so good i never finished season two yeah i never finished season two not of a like you know it wasn't even like a major sophomore slump. I just got distracted. And that's a good reminder for me to go back. And I also I still haven't I still haven't watched Survivor. I was about to say, Liza, when you were, you know, speaking about Survivor that it was maybe filling that sports void, but then I realized probably you don't Oh well basketball. You care about basketball. You did miss yeah. your one window a year. My literally the only and I only care about college basketball too. So it's like the one time of year. And it's funny because I hadn't been doing a great job following it pre tournament this year. Um, and I was like, ah, eh, like I'll just kind of like I had been super busy. I'll just kind of jump in, you know, at the yeah. tournament, <laughs> and then that was uh, no more. I mean, but yeah, it definitely yeah. fulfills something. Like I feel that watching Survivor is the way people who love sports feel when they're watching sports. I get so invested at the end of an episode, like 
Jeff and I will debrief about an episode for like 30 minutes. The episodes are only like 43 minutes. And I get like my heart rate is raised. I can't like come down. Like I've been watching it until like midnight or even like 1 a.m. And then I need like an hour to unwind because I'm so like jacked like I, I imagine this is what sports people feel like tell me if you're a sports person well that's how DM i me. kind of felt about the bachelor world like it's it sounds like survivor because i've seen podcasts about this season of survivor pop up and it sounds like it's like something you can talk about being a community of people following along yeah. with etc that's really fun right now totally and imagine if bachelor and i'm sure survivor has some producer interference but there's it's really about like who wins challenge like physical challenges like I think it's pretty hard to interfere with that so it is so I feel like it's like if Bachelor had no rules Mm. it's so there's something so like raw about it uh there's obviously rules like they can't you know physically harm each other or like steal personal items like there are certain rules like you're gonna get kicked off if you do these things but it's very it's like basic human decency shit no, I want to watch um, that. I also want to watch the challenge. I've never watched the challenge. And I feel same. like it's so buzzed about right now because, again, it's filling a sports gap for some people. But MTV is so darn hard to stream. Even my beloved so YouTube TV doesn't have it. So, yeah, <sighs> I wish they would make it more accessible. They have great shows. Like, we obviously talk about Are You the One constantly. I know. But or I, I do. <laughs> that would be a perfect <laughs> quarantine show. Also, yeah. just while we're on it, and we can do this on the Patreon, but we – there have also been a few messages being like can you just break down all these bachelor couples happening and i know we're not a bachelor podcast but but kelly and pilot pete officially together forever insta official what the fuck is going on did you see barb's collage about kelly and pete yep especially notable was the rose uh jpeg or of some sort in the corner and then it's Kelly in all white right after he dumped her. It was it was weird, but we'll save that for the Patreon. We won't bore all of the rest of you. Liza. Speaking of the Patreon, should I do a quick pitch? Of course. <laughs> Honestly, this is the highlight of my consumption some weeks. Yes. So Kimmy and I are watching the first season of Sex in the City, and we're recapping it on the Patreon. We are having so much fun talking about it. There's like we're realizing all of these things that we feel related to dating, all of these weird assumptions we had about men and how we should be around men were like spawned from watching this show as young teenagers. And we're un- revealing all kinds of new things about our personalities and realizing where they came from. And it's sometimes really like upsetting and also mostly hilarious because <laughs> we're like, wait, why did we do we always think that this was a thing because of this one episode of Sex in the City we watched when we were 15? Um so it's really, really fun. The show is bonkers and great and like the root of so many uh, things, I think, about modern dating and love and relationships and culture and TV and womanhood. Uh, we're having a great time. And yeah. the first $500 we make on Patreon, we're going to donate to Feeding America. So if you've been thinking about making a donation anyway and you want to get some like fun bonus content and just hear our our stupid voices more, <laughs> please check us out patreon.com slash five one first dates i think i think it's five one first dates pod because i just checked it, it so i guess maybe that's why i've been pitching the wrong url but maybe that's why we haven't had as much traction as we just check know. it out you get check bonus episodes at the lowest level of membership so you can really do it like for for very little cash yeah love. you can actually like flex a, you can be you can donate as little as you want um but 
The other thing I will just say, Liza alluded to, but yeah, we feel like because we're behind like something of a paywall there, we can say whatever we want, but really anyone could listen anyway. Um, so yeah, that's that's been interesting. And it's 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 bonkers but delightful, like Liza said. It's we don't just dunk on Sex in the City the whole time because we also love it. No. It's, mostly yeah. I think we love it. Um, and just because when this comes out, I think it's Cinco de Mayo today oh so i'm yeah, gonna say is. for another type of consumption i'm gonna tell you how to make margarita really Ooh. quickly because i think you should do it kimmy i can attest to kimmy's amazing margarita homemade margaritas i've seen her literally become injured for making these so <laughs> they're good <laughs> my skin still has weird reactions every friday i've been making a margarita for like a zoom happy hour i feel like that's my zoom happy hour night um one or two and for a while, I actually had jalapenos, so that was that was great. But the limes have been making me itchy, even when I'm just inside the whole time. <laughs> like, I don't understand if I have an allergy. Uh, but I will just say, if you're looking to make a margarita today, it's – I mean, it's no secret. You could Google it. But basically, you want fresh lime juice. You want Contro, if you can get it, which is just better than triple sec. And I know it's a little bit more, but worth it. And then you want – tequila and I like Casamigos Blanco but you again you know I'm just treating myself because it is quarantine and I'm not going to bars and spending money on drinks there but you want to do two parts of the tequila one part so you can do by ounces like or shot glasses one part of the lime juice and one part of the Contro strong yes put it over a ton of ice um pop some jalapenos in there this again is not revolutionary if you want a less strong one to make in a batch for people you can actually do one cup to one cup to one cup ratio just make sure you're squeezing fresh lime juice um and then kind of like top it off as you see fit there's a it sounds like a ridiculous different recipe like wow Kimmy you just said throw everything in a thing together but it's actually a New York Times recipe and I can post it um if you want. That's more like for a batch and so you don't get, you know, sloshed after one drink. Um, but yeah, it's like two one one is the ratio if you're just making one. And I don't know. Nobody asked for that, but I wanted to share it. I think it's, it's good. Cool. I feel like I've made cocktails one or two nights. My dad's a big Manhattan fan and he's mm. been making Manhattans. Um, and it does. It makes things feel a little bit like more special and more like a weekend night than my nightly glass of black box cabernet sauvignon <laughs> i know i know i'm like how which long? is honestly fine it's yeah totally fine. i know at the end of a long day I just like a cheap glass of wine and i'm like okay cool cool yeah yeah and because of the, of the spigot you don't have to feel pressure to drink more than you want you're not wasting wine that's a great that's point. why i'm all about i can have one glass one and a half glasses i can have you know it's like so that's been no that's a very good point week night there's also something lovely for a quarantine to not seeing your wine consumption so keeping if the box the ba- that box no is black you can't see it yeah. go down and you don't have to measure in bottles like when you take it you're recycling you're just Ugh. it's just it's a, bo- it's a bag inside of a box that you can't see through it's great i love it well um that's our consumption so we have some some consumption tips of all kinds you know yeah fully full ingestion viewing whatever you're hearing listening oops not hear it okay Okay. all right all right should we play this game like kimmy invented which i think is very fun okay i made a game and i'm gonna put a version of this on our instagram 
This is lightly inspired by like the quarantine houses. If you've seen these memes where you kind of have to pick the group of celebrities you'd like to be with. I saw that the Infatuation LA did pick the restaurant set you would have you would go to for the rest of your life or for quarantine who would you quarantine with so I've just totally made up a new game called you know six date spots for the rest of your life and I came up with date spots that are either nationwide chains or pretty well known New York or LA spots so I apologize that you know some of it will be a little inside baseball but I will explain them basically I made six categories so there are chain restaurants so like an olive garden there are fast food restaurants so like a taco bell there are fancy restaurants so like 11 madison in new york momofuku but they're not all great there's also nobu malibu on there so like like you know places the kardashians go to uh then I put scenic spots so like Truly annoying places like Lavo uh, or the Bungalow in LA, if you're familiar. And then great spots. So these are like different kinds of yummy, great places. So like Katz's Deli, Sugarfish in LA. And then finally, fun bars. I picked some fun bars like split between New York and LA. So, Liza, the premise is not perfect. But if you only had in your relationship – or just thinking about first dates as well. Six date spots to go the rest of your life. I'm going to read you from the first category first. One of those six spots has to be from this category. It is chains. And here are your options. Olive Great. Garden, Cheesecake Factory, Chili's, Waffle House, Outback, and Applebee's. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to be between Waffle House and Cheesecake Factory. Great. I think I'm going to go Cheesecake Factory because you can get everything at Cheesecake Factory. And it's, it's everything. date friendlier, I would say. Yeah. Like there's something fun to a very drunk Waffle House situation. But do you know, yes. I don't think I ever had Waffle House in the whole time we were, Liza and I once for a month lived in Georgia for a film we were working on. Wow. That sounds fancier than it was. Um, but Liza, I don't think I ever had it. Did I? I never had it on that trip. I've had it on other times and it was great. But like, yeah, it's very good. But I think Cheesecake Factory is going to give me the most variety. And I like that it feels a little bit more like, I don't know. It feels a little bit more sit downy. Yeah, nothing says romance like a giant head-sized strawberry lemonade, you know? like Yeah, I don't know. and also they have a full bar, which I don't think Waffle House does. Oh. So I think you can get a cocktail at Cheesecake Factory. Excellent. Excellent. What's point. your pick um, Cheesecake Factory. Great. I could see there's a world in which Chili's makes a little, like... I like Chili's. <laughs> I like Chili's all the time in college. Me too. Shout out to my cousin Trevor, who do- did our intro music. His fiance, sadly, they just had to reschedule their wedding, but mm. um, his fiance loves Chili's. Like, loves it like they take trips to go to a Chili's. It's been <laughs> so I, great. Yeah. My best friend from childhood, Nick, who I talk about a lot on this podcast, him and I always went to Chili's in high school. And, and so, still to this day, sometimes when we're together as adults, we'll be like, let's find a Chili's. Yeah. And we get the same thing we got then. It's great. I like can, I love it. Yeah. Into he it. would be betrayed that I picked Cheesecake Factory over Chili's, although we also used to go to Cheesecake Factory. Anyway, okay. So, do you want me to read fast food to you? Um, I'll read it to you. I feel like because okay, okay, okay. I thought about I like- these for too long because I also made houses of them, which I might post on the Instagram. So you'll see. You'll see. But I will not bore you all to tears. Okay. So right now, Eliza's going to Cheesecake Factory, one of her six to go. But she had to pick a chain. Fast food. Panda Express, Del Taco, Taco Bell, 
McDonald's, In-N-Out, and Chick-fil-A. I, I know I put Taco Bell and Del Taco on there, but people have very differing opinions. Yeah. So. This is a tricky one for me because I – my my f- couple favorite fast food places are not on here, and that's Wendy's <gasps> and, and Popeye's. Oh, fuck Popeye's. Maybe I can revise this. Let's... Well, here's my thing. I am actually allergic to Chick-fil-A because they cook everything in peanut oil and also whatever. Like, I – so I – probably would be veering more chick-fil-a if it were if chick-fil-a were popeyes i'd be picking that does that make sense i'm allergic to the chick-fil-a food yeah and also but, they're bad for everything yes they're mean to lbg should, should yes. i replace that with popeyes let's change it to popeyes and then i'm gonna go with that i love popeyes <laughs> i could do with some popeyes now. i don't think Maybe i've ever had be... popeyes either which is it's good their chicken sandwich is i worth the hype it's really really good oh i'm jealous i want that now mm. There's okay. one near my work at my last gig, and uh, we would go. We went there on a couple Fridays. Yeah, and, and Wendy's got- is great, but I wanted to put some that are kind of like because when I shuffle them around into six yeah. different houses, I wanted like McDonald's, which is like okay, those fries are great, but like, I wanted I mean, some that weren't great, so that yeah. it was like a mix. God, there's also a world where I just pick McDonald's. No, I guess if it's because In and Out was on this list, I would pick In and Out over McDonald's. But I like the McDonald's fries so much better. I know. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What's your pick? <laughs> It's hard. I think it's <laughs> – oh, no. I think it's Del Taco, and people are going to be like, Kimberly and That's not embarrassing. I, I don't mean, know. Or in and out But I love crappy Del Taco. People, I, I, I think it tastes better to me than Taco Bell. I Taco Bell, I like fast food. And I like trash food really a lot, and I can't eat fucking Taco Bell. Yeah, I, it's like – yeah, I, there's some. It's just like a soft spot that I have for yes. it too. Um, so there I am, Kimmy and Del Taco. Uh, also, I put Panda Express on there because I do feel like there is this cult like love of Panda Express. Um, yes, not for Jeff. Me. Not for me. Is obsessed with Panda Express, and if we ever see one, we stop. Like, <laughs> it's not a question. If we're at an airport and there's a Panda Express, and it's nine a.m. or seven a.m., he will get Panda Express. It makes me. I like don't have a problem with the food, but his ability to eat it at any time, day or night, makes me feel a little bit nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I only do fancy restaurants. We don't have to spend as much time on this because it's tricky, and I haven't even been to all of these. But first, Sushi Park. This is a sushi spot that's in a strip mall in LA, but is incredibly nice. Omakasa. There are always celebrities there. So Sushi Park, Eleven Madison, like was the number one restaurant in the world year or so ago um in new york peter luger steakhouse in new york kind of just legendary i was thinking that's one people have heard of again these aren't the six best restaurants in la or new york these are like fancy spots like that you've heard of some are better than others dantana's um really fun in la old school as well kind of my la match to peter luger it's not a steakhouse more like italian you have table side caesar salad just you know, classic Nobu Malibu, which again, haven't been. We've probably all heard of Nobu, but like the Kardashians go there. Like, I don't think it's very good. This is supposed to be one of the not great choices, but Liza, also feel free to pick it. And Momofuku. I think Ko, like the really, the 12 seat one or yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Sushi Park, just because I feel like sushi. I haven't had that in a really long time. Same. I think like just having, yeah. and it's like a no frills atmosphere despite being full of frills, like so expensive and great sushi. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. That's like the one that, yeah, I, I, I'm not like 
I don't ever want to feel or Dantana's because oh, I don't yeah. ever like feeling um, like things. I love fancy food. I will spend money on a fancy meal, but I don't like uh, things that feel pretentious. It's not my yeah, not my jam. And this is this is like some of these again for when I mix them all up into groups of six from all categories and want them to be hard decisions. But I agree. And I think sushi is a really good date spot kind of for the rest of your life, like whether you're going on first dates or not. Um, yes. Sushi Park would be like almost obnoxious if someone took you on a first date there, but it would just be so like the atmosphere. Again, I haven't been. Sadly, I need to go. But um, it's not too fancy. So if someone just randomly had a buttload of money and took you out on a first date, you wouldn't be too – I would just be grateful, to be honest. It will be a good move. Be yeah. a good flex. Yeah. Okay. Sceny spots. You don't have to spend a lot of time on this either. Surf Lodge. This is in Montauk, New York. So in the Hamptons, you guys may have seen like people posting concerts there. Like it's very sceny in a beachy way. Lavo, the club that's like I guess everywhere too. But I think of like New York, like glow sticks and a ravey brunch. The Standard Beer Garden in New York, which is sceny in its own way. It's like it's like a beer garden that's really fun, but like has a scene okay that i said the same thing twice tom tom which is the vanderpump bar in la the bungalow which is like surf lodge for la in a way but not it's it's like designed it's full of bachelor people i guess i'll just do that and chateau marmont the bar there which i actually have never been to so i can't describe but i think we've heard of that i think uh i feel like Chateau Marmont that's me going directly against what I just said I just feel like if I'm gonna go to one of these places I want to have some space I feel like Chateau Marmont is not like all young people Mm -hmm. I don't want to be around too many cool young people I want a couple like glam people in their 50s you know what I mean like some some like old money people like I just feel like that makes it feel less intimidating to me a hundred percent and Chateau Marmont seems cool. It's like historical a little bit. I've never been either. So I'm making all of these assumptions based on just assumptions. But that would be my pick. I think what that's a great you? choice. My runner up, though it's too full of assholes, would be Surf Lodge only because it's so like peaceful and nice. But it is a that would, fucking yeah, scene. That's my runner up too. Yeah. It's just yeah. like I like being on the beach. I like drinking near the beach. Yep. That's fun. All right. All great right. spots. These are like greatest hit restaurant slash places in both um, cities. Uh, Milk Bar, which exists on both coasts. So John and Vinny's Pizza, Pasta, Yum. Rivirosa Pizza in New York. Great, cute atmosphere. Sugarfish um, Night Market, which is Thai, which there are a bunch of in LA and it's incredibly good. Like like fun colored plasticky tablecloths on the tables, you know. Uh, and then Cat's Deli in New York. I'm between uh, Sugarfish and Cat's Deli. Um, I guess I can really I think I'm really craving sushi. I feel like Sugarfish is speaking to me a little more. Think I about think your sugarfish. overall six, though. If oh, you have you're sushi right. Park. I already have sushi. Okay, cats. I'll do cats. Good. I. Yeah. It's really hard. I'm Night Market or mm, mm, John and Vinny's. I don't know. It's so hard. Ooh, yeah. Mm, John and Vinny's. I think like. As I get older, Thai spicy Thai has a harder and harder time going through my body. So, okay. Yeah. Or maybe an easier time. Okay. Enough of that talk. Fun bars. Okay. Um, Royal Palms Shuffleboard, which is in New York and I think now in Chicago too. The Gutter, which is bowling in New York that's grungier than Brooklyn Bowl. I just – I know Brooklyn Bowl is more familiar to people, but I had to put the gutter. Oh, yes, of um, course. 
Nick Thorley's, which is uh, such a classic bar in New York that I don't even know if we'd call it fun, but there's light beer and there's dark beer. First place, first bar I ever drank in. That is fun. I don't think I'm underage. Yeah. Um, I was like 18. Yeah. Tiki Tea is a divey bar in LA that has been around forever that has really strong tiki drinks. Um, the waterfront, this is tricky. It's like the bungalow but less douchey. It's it's in Venice. It's on the beach. And it's also kind of filled with bachelor adjacent people but not as annoyingly. I don't know how to explain it. And Big Dean's is a – like has giant beers and it's on the beach in LA as well. So honestly, I struggled a little bit on this category. Interesting. This is hard. I mean, I feel like I'm between Tiki Tea and the gutter. I've never been to Tiki Tea, but your pitch sounded really nice and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess out of familiarity alone, I'm going to go with gutter because I feel like it just does so many things that you want a bar to do. It's got space, but it's not too big. It's got bowling. It's got games. It's got like, you know, air hockey and just shit you can do and it's fun and there's lots of food around that you can bring into the bar, which I think is fun. No, I think that's very fun. I might go Tiki Tea, but honestly, that would be a dumb choice for me because it is important to have an activity in your six date spots. So Liza, just to wrap up and then we will move the fuck on. You are Cheesecake Factory, Popeyes, Sushi Park. Yes. Chateau Marmont. Yes cats and the gutter very solid yeah solid what about you experience i'm cheesecake. cheesecake factory del taco <laughs> sushi park chateau i'll do surf lodge so that surf we're lodge. different uh john and Vinny's and tiki tea good mixes it's fun i don't know i'm trying guys i'm trying to have fun. i think it's very fun we're gonna post <laughs> this on the instagram um and we're going to play more games and continue to like let us know, reach out and let us know what you want to hear from us, what's fun in this time. We're trying to bring a mix of dating and non-dating and like, or, you know, whatever, lightly dating related content, more dating stories, quarantining. We're trying to hit all the areas. Um, but if there's anything specific you want to hear, let us know. We have some requests in. We're going to speak to some listener questions and stuff in upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, we have this uh, really fun interview with a listener who's going by M. Uh, We're going to take a quick ad break and then we'll hear from her. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Okay, we are back for our favorite new segment that we don't have a cute name for yet, but is when we're joined by someone out there in the world. Today we have M joining us. <laughs> I said that so dramatically. Um, <laughs> we're not using your full name because that's how fun this is, guys. Even if you're nervous to come on, you can come on and we won't use your name. But M, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Um, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do all of the fun listener stuff that we have been doing. We're gonna talk about quarantine dating. I think we may do a crafting corner throwback. Yeah um and hear all about uh m's dating life story but first as always do you have a worst first date story you want to tell 
I would be so honored to tell you a worst first date story. (laughs) So um, I think the worst first date that I have ever been on was a date where the person I went on the date with ended up being very openly transphobic, which is not okay with me. And it's not something that I can agree to disagree on because it's people's existence. Um, But we were pretty far into the date and he seemed cool. I wasn't super attracted to him necessarily, but it seemed like we were having a pretty good conversation. And I honestly can't remember how this topic came up, Um, but he felt very strongly um, about his opinions and they were all very transphobic beliefs. Um, And so I felt like our our date uh, turns kind of into a debate really quickly because I felt also the need being a cisgender person myself, um, meaning that I was born into a body that aligns with the gender that I identify as, um, that I should advocate for how I stood in this. Um, So it turned into a debate very quickly. And I was really surprised. I ended the date very shortly after we had discussed um, this topic. Um, But I was surprised to find that he wanted to go on another date. And so then I told him that I did not want to go on another date because I could not agree to disagree on this. And I felt he was very transphobic. And then he continued to text me after that and push his uh, problematic beliefs and was still trying to get me to agree with him. I was like, bro. So basically I just had to stop replying um, after a certain point, but that would be the worst first date I've ever been on. And it was our last date. Yeah. God, I'm always shocked when very clearly you made your position clear (laughs) to be redundant. Uh, You made it clear that you weren't interested in going out again and he still didn't leave it alone. And I think this is almost one of those examples that just prove people are out there dating for all sorts of different reasons. Like to push a transphobic agenda being one of them. Like what is going on here? Or just to 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 enter into conflict, I, it's it's flabbergasting to me. Every time we hear of, this is pretty extreme too, but someone who, it's like the date goes so wrong and then one person doesn't let go of that. The person who was in the wrong on the first date. Um, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah, I think it, it was just really an experience. I was in shock. Yeah. It's so weird. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people out there dating like I feel like we talk about a, a certain brand of worst first worst firsts are like the uh microphony ones where it feels like people are monologuing or they're there to push you um into discussing something that you don't want to talk about or you disagree with like I feel like there's a certain brand of daters who are out there to like achieve a reaction from the other person and like even setting aside this guy's particularly disgusting views which like we shouldn't set aside but just just about just thinking about solely what it says about his personality that he doesn't have the ability to listen to you that he doesn't care to like entertain your viewpoint he's just there to try to convince you of his that he's not listening like all of those things on their own are gross and then you add on having like very gross beliefs it's like doubly gross. Retweet. Yeah. I was just surprised <laughs> that he felt like he needed to keep trying to, I was like, bro, like you already know where I stand. This is not negotiable. So it's just yeah. like a little weird to me. We're not, we're also, not definitely not about to go on a second date after this. No. Oh. And props to you for being like a 
true ally and just laying it, saying it very clearly and making your position known because that's what we all should be doing when confronted with people like this. Um, yeah. Just shitty. And these are the things you can't – You, I mean, there aren't hints of this on someone's dating profile. I mean mm-hmm. – very rarely, I think, from my experiences, you you get on the first date, and this is maybe you know to a, a topic we'll discuss later. But with like quarantine dating and stuff, um, what this is where I do want a phone screen <laughs> before I go on the date. This is where I do want a FaceTime screen before I get on the date. Like, sounds like this guy was going to mention that no matter what your first interaction was of any like longer time. Did you have any weird vibes from his texting or whatever interactions you had pre-date? Honestly, no. I was totally, like, taken aback by this. And I think it also, if I'm being honest, it really made me reflect on, like, my own assumptions of, like, I had known what his political stance was. And I, in my mind, I equated that to being someone who would be LGBTQ plus affirming and and friendly, um, which is problematic in itself, because even if he was hit with some identities within the LGBTQ plus community, doesn't mean he wouldn't be not transphobic. And it also his political stance doesn't necessarily mean that he's not transphobic. So this really did surprise me. Um, and that was an opportunity for me to reflect on what assumptions I'm making about someone and, oh, they can't be, they can't hold these kind of beliefs because of this, this, and this. And that's not true. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good point. So. Yeah. It's always very upsetting too when you, when you think you, I feel like we all can get a, you know, a dating profile is a picture of somebody and the in the initial chat and the whatever, you get this like gestalt of a person. It's just like an outline. And I feel like we all start filling in those holes. And then meeting them in person, I feel like the difference between those holes we filled in in our head and the reality can always be like very, very jarring. Because it's true. Like, I, I feel like I make assumptions of people all the time based on like 12 bullet point factors. Like, I'm just Cambridge Analytica over here, like, being like, you're this because you did these five things or whatever. But it's, yeah, it is an interesting, I don't know, it's a good reminder that, like, people are all kinds of things, like, both good and shittily. Yeah, and just fuck that guy. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a very evolved thing, but I'm just... Yeah, night-night, you, it's 2020. Yeah, <laughs> the worst. Well, Em, I want to ask you, it's our cheesy question that we sometimes ask, like, what is your relationship to relationships? Or just (laughs) what has your kind of history with relationships been? You don't need to get into all the details at all, but just where you're at now, you know, how do you feel about dating and relationships? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, honestly, if I'm being super transparent, I think I, many of my interactions, particularly in college, were really unhealthy and I don't know if I should put a trigger warning on this, but abusive. And I took a step back for a while from dating because I realized that I was engaging in a lot of really unhealthy cycles and um, really was concerned for my safety if I continued um, to engage in that kind of relation, those kind of relationships. Um, But I think now I'm starting to, reconsider like what dating can look like for me um having established an understanding of like maybe where some of these patterns evolve from and understanding like looking at like I guess understanding red flags and really like not just understanding and seeing them but like really like taking them into account 
and knowing how to make the next best decisions for myself versus staying in a situation that can really rapidly evolve into something very unsafe. Um, and I also feel like in the recent past couple of years, I've become more comfortable with my own identity. I identify as queer and feeling more comfortable to date women. Um, and so now I guess I'm just exploring what that could look like and mean for me and how much more comfortable that feels for me versus a lot of my interactions with men when I think back about them just never like they felt always felt like there's something like missing with it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well no I mean I'm very I'm glad that you've been able to break those patterns not uh, hmm. I feel like that sounded way more like patronizing than I meant it to be but genuinely um I'm sorry that you know you went through situations like you did prior and I think you know to your point about not just being able to identify the pattern or the red flag but really you know do some work around that or take it into account and then act in a different way because of it it's really hard I feel like everyone has their version of that and it takes years to make progress on that front so but at least I feel like some people do it when they're young and some people do it never and some people do it when they're in their 60s and it's very yeah it's it's very hard and very admirable that you're like okay this is work that has to be done like I yeah I feel I mean obviously we talk about it all the time on this podcast but I feel like that was literally like me going to therapy like like this is guys this is so cringy but like an acting teacher forced me to go to therapy whatever and it, it I needed to be like pushed into that but it, I had similar feelings where I was like oh like it's a lot of garbage I got to unravel in the old brain. Therapy is great. It really, I mean, it helps you connect so many, like these little, these reoccurring cycles or patterns that you've been involved in for so long and it, it feels normal. And then when, when you kind of take a step back and are able to unpack like where this started and have that person there to guide you through the process, it's like, wow, like, I don't need to, I don't need to do this anymore now that I see like where, where it came from, but it's, it's hard to unravel it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I think especially around relationships and dating, it can be hard to know as you're unraveling or in therapy whether you should be dating or taking a break from dating or dating different people because you're learning things about yourself or maybe just getting more in touch with things about yourself. Um, Do you feel like you had kind of a turning point in terms of wanting to date more and at all in this whole process hmm. of growing up and dating I that's a good question I think um hmm I don't know if there's been an instance where I've felt like I wanted to date more so much as I realizing like that I felt like more safe began in my own body, felt more comfortable in my own ability to like advocate for myself or address, state my needs, mm-hmm. feeling more comfortable in my ability to walk away from things that aren't for me. Um, and I think those are pieces in me feeling more ready to date versus me feeling like, oh, I really want to date people. I felt that way in the past and I like should not have been dating people. So <laughs> no, that's like, yeah. <laughs> someone recently reviewed our podcast and was like I also had a dating rumspringa one time and I was like yeah that was the premise of this just like going on a bunch of dates but I we also just are always like that worked for me Kimmy who went on a bunch of dates because of the patterns I was breaking you know it's not a cure-all I think a lot of times for many people going on a ton of dates 
or the times they want to are not necessarily the times they quote unquote should be or, you know. So I was just curious because. Well, I feel like it's funny because we can always be our own. You remember like in high school English, there is like, you know, we talked about unreliable narrators and like the narrator of the novel, like all of a sudden you realize they've been lying and it's like whatever. Like, I feel like we can be just our own unreliable narrators like, I've definitely dated when I haven't been ready after something's happened or whatever. Because I'm like, no, this is a good idea because I want to or whatever, you know. So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's relatable. Okay. Now, coming to the time of 2020, big garbage fire. How has quarantine, quarantine dating been going for you if you've been partaking them? Which I think you have. I have a spoiler, but I want to hear about it. <laughs> So I, I have been doing some corn dating, as they say. Um, I have gone on two corn dates. And one was over FaceTime, one was over Skype. And they were both really good dates, actually. Like, those were – see, this was a sharp contrast. Those were great first dates. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've only gone on two so far. But I – yeah, I've really enjoyed them. I think one thing I will say is I feel like it's a little – for me, personally, I feel a little weird initiating, like, a corn date with someone – I don't know. Initially, when this the quarantine started, there were like uh, like a few girls I was talking to on like Hinge or Tinder, and we got to the point, you know, where naturally like one of us would probably ask the other person out on a date. But I I kind of thought like, oh, I'll just wait. Like this is probably gonna be over in like a few weeks or a month, and then I can like ask them out in person. And now I'm like, wow, it's been two months. Like I don't even know if it's safe to message them back. <laughs> but um, I feel like for me, it feels a little daunting to initiate the quarantine date. Because it's so different um, versus being able to connect in person. Yeah. Did a couple questions. Sorry, I'm like interviewing. <laughs> did you, the two quarantines that you did have, did you initiate those? No, I did not. Okay. How, and then I, my question was, how did they initiate it? And did you think it was weird or adorable? Because I, can I, I pin this- that for one second? Sorry yeah. to keep interrupting. I just want to back up in the storyline a tiny bit. So, are these both people you met on apps? Yes. So actually one of the people, I hope she doesn't listen to this because she'll know I'm talking about her, but (laughs) one of the people I, um, we like technically work for the same company as my part-time job and she works at a different branch than me, but she has come in to, I'll just say, should I just tell y'all where I work? I won't say the name. I work at a gym. Okay. So she works at another location of the gym and she had come into the gym many times, not many times. Sharing too many details. She had come to the, to the gym before, and we had talked when I was working at the front desk. And I thought she was very pretty, and she was really friendly to me. And I didn't know like if she was interested in women. Like I didn't know. And then I was I just haven't been thinking about her. And then we matched on Hinge, like right after I was thinking about her. So I had like already met her in person. So I think there was already established connection. We weren't like close, obviously, but we had talked in person. So I knew her before. And the other girl was a match that I'd never met like before. We just matched on Hinge and been talking, and then she initiated the FaceTime date. Interesting. Okay, cool. And the app chat, how how was the app chat? Was it, like, normal-ish? Obviously, I'm sure there was a little bit of, like, wow, this is crazy, you know? But otherwise, did it feel, like, fairly normal back and forth getting to the, like, request for a quarantine date? Yeah, you know, actually, I think the one girl who, um, who I didn't know before who messaged me um, and invited me on the FaceTime date, I felt like she did it really quickly. Like, it was a quick turnaround. We had done, like maybe like a day of messaging. And then she was like, Hey, like, let's go on. Like, no, I think she first asked, like text me. And then like pretty quickly after was like, Oh, like we should do like a FaceTime date. And I felt like that was like a lot quicker than I would expect like an in-person date to evolve. But I felt like 
it also felt really natural. And when we talked about really natural, so like it didn't feel weird. Mm-hmm. Also, that just seems like an ideal scenario for quarantining on FaceTime or Skype because – I forget which was which – but because you've already been attracted to her in real life. Like that's the piece that I feel like if you had a great FaceTime connection, but like in re- in person and after this is all over, it doesn't feel like anything. It would be such a bummer. But the fact that you already had that like, oh, in person, I don't know. That just seems like the ideal scenario to then enter into a FaceTime date. I would agree. I think it's nice to like know how you already would like how your chemistry is in person already because I I don't know. I'm I'm like a little worried with like the other I mean she seemed cool, but like with the other girl or like anyone that I haven't met in person yet, it's I do feel like the physical energy and like your body language and your interactions in person it's just totally different. Even um you know, any kind of interaction, even like in classes with professors or therapy sessions, they're so different over the Zoom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, it's an example of like what we're all feeling right now, just when we FaceTime our friends or, or talk on video chat with our family members or whatever, where it's like, this is better than nothing. But it's like, it's just not that you just like the, the yeah, someone's energy in person is not something that can be replicated digitally. You know, and it's yeah, yeah I feel like that's an experience everyone in the world is like, oh, yeah, this isn't enough. Like we're humans and we need <laughs> to be in the same room with each other. Exactly. Yeah. And in terms of the actual dates, and I know we're talking about two, so it can be confusing, but then maybe it keeps it from being less like too many distinguishing facts <laughs> or identifying <laughs> facts. But um, you said they both went well. Was there anything that you did in terms of setting it up to make it feel more like a date? Um, or even like, did you get ready in a particular way? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I did. So the, with one of them, I got like, already like I, I would like put my makeup on and got dressed like I was going on a date but I was sitting in bed while I was on a date amazing dreaming <laughs> but <laughs> I did um like I got ready and everything because I wanted to look cute you know yeah but the other one I didn't get ready partly because I was feeling really lazy that day but I still wanted to talk to her and also the other one is the one I already saw her in person and I look like this when I'm at the gym like no makeup and so I was like she already seen me and so you are beautiful p.s. <laughs> I, I think like we've tried to be like, get really, you know, make a drink together, or cook something together. It's like, I don't know, maybe just like chat briefly. I think it could still be great. This is my hypothesis and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that, yeah, it could still be great if you're just getting to know someone for a bit online too. You don't have to make it a whole to do. Yeah, it wasn't really nice just to talk. And honestly, I feel like on the corn date, there might even be like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing or just a thing. It doesn't have to be good or bad. But um, I almost feel like there's almost like more intimacy. Like I probably wouldn't, some, some of the things that the one girl was asking, I would definitely not be talking about this stuff at a restaurant. I mean, it would just not have a, a level of like privacy to it. But if you're in your uh, place of living or, or private space, then you maybe can talk about stuff that you wouldn't talk about on a first date. Yeah. yeah. Did you find that there was any uh, – I'm trying to think of – it's funny because I'm going to ask a question about awkwardness on on video calls, and I'm doing it in the most awkward way. Did yeah. you feel like an extended level of awkwardness during – obviously, every conversation has natural lulls, but I've been noticing in video chats, like, because you don't know when they end, there aren't the social cues of going for a date at a bar of, like, 
how far are we in our drink? Like, are we going to get another round? Is the check, you know, there are certain beats in life where you can tell how a social interaction is moving on, but it doesn't really exist on video chat. So did you, do you find them to be more awkward in some ways, less awkward in any ways? And like, what about, like, how do you know when they're over? That's a great question. I, I really just found it out on the fly when I was on those dates (laughs) because I didn't know either. Honestly, I, the one, the one FaceTime date with a girl that I had never met before, I felt like that date felt a little long to me for like what I would imagine a FaceTime date. It was, I think a little over two hours. And for me, that's like, I I don't even FaceTime my friends for that much time. So it felt a little long to me, but in in person, we probably would have spent like, we could have spent like three or four hours talking or doing, going to dessert after something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that one kind of naturally wrapped up because my AirPods were dying and I needed to charge my phone. So it was like one of those things where it was going to wrap up and then we agreed to like go on another uh, FaceTime date. So it was natural. Um, and the other one, I can't remember. I, maybe it's cause I went on the other one second. So I kind of already knew like we can just talk about when we want this thing to end. Um, that one, I didn't feel like such a guessing game. Um, and to answer your question about any awkward pauses, I think with neither of these dates, I didn't have any, but I can certainly imagine that happening. I think with one of the girls, it felt like we had a very natural chemistry um, even though we'd never met before. And then the other one we had already met and we had some like knowledge about each other and like what we did for work and where we worked now. Um, so it was kind of like, there's like a con factor. So there's like nothing, I don't know. It didn't feel like awkward. Yeah. yeah. That gives you like just enough to be like, oh, so like this thing about this, you know, like one common bond, I think sometimes can go really far in any interaction with a relative stranger. I also- yeah just had an idea for people doing these dates if you do a zoom date and you have the free version there's a 40 minute cap on the conversation you can have and it starts counting down at like 10 minutes but if you don't pay for zoom so i'm just saying just putting that out there or the airpod move too you could always be like ah it's charging things but anyway it just occurred to me because 40 minutes feels like i guess if it's going well that's a bummer but you have to check in at 40 minutes at least yeah, you can always start like another Zoom call if you want to. Yeah. If you want to extend it, that's what I do with my friends. But yeah. if you want to end the date, that was a perfect natural ending. Yeah. 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 It's funny. We have we have Zoom. We have a Zoom Pro account for this podcast, and I've never <laughs> felt more like a boss. Like in group threads, and I would be like, guys, 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 I got it. I got Zoom Pro. <laughs> I, know, I know. It really. <laughs> it's a. It's a. Um, a big a big mood for this quarantine um so do you feel do you feel like these dates are worth your time overall like do you feel like you're gonna go on more quarantine dates again trying to make fetch happen yes i think i would like to go on another quarantine date with both of the people that i've gone on my first quarantine dates with um i don't know i think at a certain point for me personally though i wonder if it's gonna like kind of hit like a not a I don't know if plateau is the right word, but I really like thrive off of in-person connections. So I'm wondering like at what point would we be able to like see each other in person? And I would want to see how a date in person would go versus us just talking. And I wonder what we'd, how we'd interact in like a physical space. So um, I would like to go on another corn date, but I just wonder like, I'm just thinking ahead and I wonder like what the next step would be after. Yeah. yeah. It's so hard because there's no end date for this time that we're in and I don't know. I, yeah, I completely – I feel like right now if I were dating, I would not be super motivated to do the FaceTime dates, even though you just had two great experiences. 
I would be with someone I matched with who I knew from real life. I'd be like, yes, this is a great way to like FaceTime. Uh, yeah. But it's just so tricky because you're you're so right. What's the next step? Well, usually hanging out in person, even if you're not getting physical yet, it's just like hanging out in person is such a different thing than talking on via Zoom. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also stuff in the world, like, are they nice to waiters? You know, the stuff that you just, like, have to see in person because it is a, a one-on-one conversation is an interview of sorts. Like, you are in some ways putting your version of yourself forward that you think is going to be the best. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I think that's what we all do when we're on a first date where it's like, here is my likable self, you know? Uh, and it's, yeah, it's tricky. I feel like it's that same thing with we... And we talk a lot on this podcast about, like, the uh, texting back and forth forever thing being, like, when when you meet someone on an app and you get into a pattern of texting a ton and you don't get on the date, it can set up expectations really high for when you finally do meet. And it can be hard to, like, meet those. Uh, and I feel like this could be, this could, FaceTime dates could turn into a weird version of that. You know, where it's like there's so much built up, it can be, I could see it potentially being let downy in real life. I could also see that happening. Because it's like you all have this image of someone and people do act differently when there's other people in the environment or they're in a different setting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's such, and like we're all going through all this crazy shit together. So it's we're all in some ways more vulnerable. We all have our our brains are a little haywire. There's a lot of stress and anxiety out there. It feels like a very, uh, yeah. You know, like at the end of an action movie where like the guy and girl, again, it's too heteronormative, but make out. I just watched Die Hard this week, uh, (laughs) which is (laughs) the end of the action movie, (laughs) the end of Die Hard, you know, but like they kiss is whatever. It's because they just went through a crazy, some crazy shit together. (laughs) Like, I feel like we're all as a world going through some crazy shit together. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it does. I feel like it can make these senses of like connection and intimacy in a good way. But uh, who knows? I'm not totally sure of the point I'm trying to make. I think I got your point though. Like it can almost create like a sense of like you, you just heightened desire to connect. Maybe that wouldn't have naturally formed without the context of the world we're in right now. And that could be for good. And it also could be that maybe that connection wouldn't really have been there otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You so eloquently parsed what I was trying to say out of the <sighs> oh word salad that I spun. No, that was virtuosic. <laughs> you, those were your words. <laughs> No. <laughs> they you know you it was a joint effort and i i was delighted to listen because i, I made a word cloud today <laughs> m took the words put them in order i was saying to uh to both of these ladies before we got on that i sat in the sun all day today and got a sunburn and it was it's like one of the first nice days we've had in the northeast but i genuinely feel like my brain was sizzled a little bit along with my shoulders <laughs> um okay so what's the status now so you said you want to go back on you want to go on another quarantine date with both of these you're ready to hit go on the second date have you do you think you'll initiate those what are your what are your feelings on that yes so yes i will be 
I, I feel like it's kind of like a mutual initiation because we both already agreed to it. But for the one of one of them, I suppose I already have had last week, but I just wasn't like feeling super well. I had like a ton of finals for grad school and I was just like totally not, I would have just been not, a, not my best self to be um, giving energy on a FaceTime date. So we rescheduled, um, but I should check with her and see when she will like to go on the new FaceTime date. And I think one of them I actually am going to have tonight. So yeah, <laughs> surprise. Okay. Um, is this potentially where crafting corner could come in or am I forcing the segment? <laughs> no, I would love to have a crafting corner. The thing is the crafting corner does not involve either of these two dates. It is Ooh. a third unknown person. Juicy. All right, tell us the setup. Okay, so <laughs> I feel a little silly telling this story. The the setup is that there is someone else that I had matched with on Hinge before the quarantine had occurred. And um, I had, so this is a girl, and I had liked her for probably almost like two years now. We are in, I don't know how much information I should give. We're in the same graduate program, and she was my first friend when I moved here. Um, but I also liked her, but we were friends. Okay. And I've liked her for a very long time. Anyway, so we, we we had matched on Hinge last year and then nothing came of it. And then we matched again this year right before the quarantine occurred. And we were about to go on a date. And then everything got shut down. And I was devastated because I felt like the timing like couldn't be worse. No, I'm devastated. Like it sounds like that a rock song. Like, yeah. Uh, a tragedy. Um, but we have been talking like almost every day for the first part of the quarantine. And then we kind of fizzled out and I, I yeah, I, hmm, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Yeah. I kind of like fizzled out and I, I guess the longer and longer it got, then I was like, oh, I don't even know. Like, are we really going to go on a date in person? Cause now in person is getting pushed like months and months away. Um, but the reason I would need a crafting corner is I reached out to this person. Well, they reached out to me and then in the conversation, my good friend who encouraged me to come on this podcast had encouraged me to just tell them what I was thinking, which is that like, I really wish we could get to know each other more. And I'm like, feel really, really unfortunately can't do that in person right now, or I can't do that in person right now. And they didn't text back. Hmm. Huh. I have a question. If I do what, well, no, um, first, what do you think happened? I've come up with a lot of conspiracy theories. Okay. My conspiracy theory, number one, I'm just going to throw it in there. Sorry to interrupt you, but was like, I am a very sensitive person who could have taken that text the wrong way, even though like just the way you said it out loud to me, I might have thought you don't want to hang out with me at all anymore. Does that make sense? Or am I being oversensy? No, this is one of the conspiracy theories that me and my friend cons- conspired about. Okay. Okay. Because I like I'm just, like I take yeah. everything. The I am a pessimist. So if I received a text that was like like it sucks that we can't get to know each other until it, I might just be like oh I, I don't know I'm not sure. Interesting. Interesting. How long ago did you send this text? It was only a few days ago, and okay. I'm wondering. I'm thinking like maybe I should follow up. Maybe because I was hoping that the text would lead to like her initiating a. Fa- I mean, this is my own problem. I don't like to initiate. <laughs> FaceTime dates clearly <laughs> but I was I mean, hoping same. that she would be like oh we should go to FaceTime date but now I'm like maybe I should just follow up and be more a little bit more direct wait will you read us the exact wording of the text I will be 
so honored to read you. (laughs) I feel like I need to really get into my 4chan message board conspiracy theory mind. JK, I have never been on that website. I never will. (laughs) You as a 4chan (laughs) message board. I would be the worst. I'd just be like, this is insensitive. (laughs) Okay, here's my text. I'll try not to accidentally like it or anything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So real. The text says, well, there's some other stuff we were talking about, the academic things first. And then I said, Ugh, I really want to get to know you more. And I feel it's really unfortunate that I can't do that in person right now. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I feel like it is possible she took it the wrong way. Overall, okay, this is... I'm going to just say how I would respond to this or how I, the next text I would spe- send. And then, Kimmy, I want to know yours. Okay. Overall, do you feel like you have a sense of her sense of humor? Or is there like a goofiness to any of your texts? Like, has there been any kind of like yeah. banter, repartee? Okay. Yeah. I feel like a great follow up to that is some kind of like question mark gif or, you know, like something along the line of crickets but like that's not crickets with a question mark like i, I don't know I, I maybe i wouldn't do this but if you guys already have a relationship and a friendship then something just to fish out like was that a weird thing to say are you what what's your silence about yeah and to like invite that conversation in a slightly lighthearted way i know what i would do and i wouldn't recommend it because i'm a big baby <laughs> I would like send a follow up about something entirely different just to like check the temperature. I'd be like, oh, no, that was my second. Yeah. (laughs) Which is not the way we ever say you should act. It's tricky though, because I think there's also like a very mature direct response you could say that's like just very earnest and thus probably very attractive to her as well and like would make you feel good. So, because the thing is, you've already, you had a date set up. So there's a mutual. Yeah. I feel like the tricky part here is just the circumstances we're in there's already been like a mutual oh we are interested in each other or interested in going getting to know each other romantically more right Mm. yeah i what were you thinking em as we sit here like blah 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 like with terrible ideas but what were you thinking of crafting not terrible ideas um i i had a lot of conspiracy theories my but my number one conspiracy theory well i have two number one conspiracy (laughs) Tied for first. This is an this is an effort to save my self esteem. I'm like, okay, she probably. I sent two messages. One I sent first, and then I like wait a little bit, and then I sent this one like a maybe like a minute later. And I was thinking either she had her phone up and she read the first message and didn't think I was saying anything else after, and like somehow missed this because I can't see her not replying to this. It seems a little weird to me. The other thing I could think is that she has is no longer interested, even though it was very clear before she had been, and doesn't know how to say that. Um. And I think if I do respond again, I think I'll probably just be very direct and let her know that I am still interested. And are you still interested in going on a date after this? Um, yeah. And just see where, like, just see where she stands. And I would have never come up with that on my own. This is, again, my friend was encouraging me. That was one thing we came up to together. Yeah. I feel like we have to shout her out. Lauren, and if you want to out. <laughs> is that okay? If she wants us to cut it out. 
Okay. <laughs> she wants us to cut it out while thinking about Lauren. No, no, I'm just like, I, I actually shouldn't speak for her, but I want to shout her out because I love her. Yeah. Okay. She, oh she was like, just like, oh, it's just like we have the gems. The gems that listen to this podcast are my favorite. Um, She was just so sweet. She was just like, my friend M is so cool and will bring a great perspective to your podcast. And we are so grateful. You were open-minded enough to be like, okay, sure, I'll try. But yeah, really, we really uh, – just get all the good vibes this is what it's about um so shout out to lauren i want to make sure we say her name because i feel like we did yeah we said lauren we won't bleep out but i just want to be you know. also i'll email her and see if we can say her <laughs> name i mean i guess that's her first name and no identifying features so it's probably okay but just solid double check um but i think you are right i think the right response just because it's probably most attuned to what you're thinking about and feeling and at least you have two other like things going on things women um who you're talking to you've had good experiences with I feel like you probably don't want the thing I would do the big baby move of like let's just talk about something else and see is it I did for so long in so many like half relationships and never got the clarity that I wanted and wasted time and like when when something actually matters to you even if it doesn't matter to you in a huge way right now but you just kind of like have this feeling and want to check in with it, I do think being direct is 100% the way to go. Actually crafting it. Hmm. Should we try to? We could We could try. All right, let's do it. Who's going first? Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. I'm the worst at being direct. I mean, it's not, it's not even my love life. And I'm like, hmm? Um, <laughs> so... I would say something very straightforward like, hi, again, wording aside, like just checking back in. I still am like, you know, I know quarantine is forever, but I'm still really interested in getting, you said getting to know you. I'm still really interested in going on a date in the future. Like I'm sensing that maybe you're not in the same place. Just wanted to check in on that. Wow, this is a long text. I can already see it. It's not good. Um, Liza? I think you're crushing it. I think I would pick up where you left off instead of saying just one, like, just, uh, and say basically something along the lines of, like, you know, if if that's not something you're interested in anymore, zero worries. Just would rather, like, you let me know. You know, like, I think just inviting her to be giving her an option to just like let you know then you know yeah the direct texts i have received in my life that i've appreciated have always been super like no one's ever offended by your your positive feelings about them you know so they've Mm -hmm. been super direct in that way but also like and again i am i don't see you in one percent ever being aggressive with like here's how I feel hello like I don't think that's your vibe at all so I'm not but the best direct texts I've received have been like this is how I feel but literally do what you want with that you know like it's this nice combo of because because it is weird that there's no reply yet I think it's totally fair to check in Mm -hmm. yeah and I think also I think in the instances I think I've been on both sides of this of like being the one and feeling like, oh my God, I don't know what to say back. Like I've been in that situation. I can be a little weird. And I think I've also been, I've been in instances where I didn't know how to be direct in in past instances when the person wasn't giving me what I need or wasn't responding. And I just kind of let it 
keep happening. Um, and I also think that instances where I have been really direct with people, if that I haven't been interested and said like, Hey, I had a good time hanging out, but like, I'm not interested in a second date, et cetera. They've always received it really well. I'm like, thank you so much for your honesty. Like, that's cool. And you know, yeah, I think overall people like the openness is like more uncomfortable upfront, but I then I think there's such a sense of freedom with knowing stuff. And obviously people's feelings can get hurt and whatever, but yeah, it may just be that like she needs the invitation to let you know where she's feeling. And also, again, I'll get back on the on the conspiracy theory message boards. It could be like she's having a really rough couple days. You know, I feel like everyone's having these ups and downs or whatever, or she doesn't feel that open, or maybe she's feeling mixed about dating in general or like really closed off to new people or experiences because she's having a lot of stress because there's a global pandemic. Uh, you know, like there's there are other things in between, I think, that could be going on that could explain some silence and maybe an invitation to have like a straightforward conversation about that might be something she needs to express maybe some truth that lies somewhere in the middle of like, yes, I do want to go on a date with you, but I just like don't feel open to be I don't feel like myself right now and I don't want to like engage in a ton of conversations when I feel shitty or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. you could also lead with sorry to I was thinking um, to what you said about I've been in that position. I get it. You could like straight up say that, you know, I I get just something that really empathizes with where the other person might be, even though I guess you don't technically know. Um, yeah, no, I think that might help to be honest. Like I've been in that position before. And if if you don't like if you're not so interested, like no worries. Just letting yeah. it. Yeah, I love that. It's so relatable even for any relationship in life. Well, thank you so much for doing this. We love talking to you. Love hearing about your porn dates. Please keep us updated on what's happening. I will. If you ever want to come back to when, you know, we're not loopy little monsters like we are today or when real life dates happen, we would love to hear more. Thank you. I would be so honored if you ever would be willing to let me come back. I would be thrilled. Thank you so much, Em. Thank you so much, Em. And to everyone listening, we love you. We hope you're safe. We hope you're healthy. We hope you are staying inside. <laughs> yeah, stay inside. That's, you don't have to go on. <laughs> the new sign off, yeah. Bye.